Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swamp Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? So much better than last week. I don't, I, I, to catch everyone up, my hob broke. I didn't have a hob. We use the hob for all manners of cooking, mostly my scrambled eggs that I have every day, that I've had for breakfast every day for like five years i was off my routine but we got new hobs fitted at the weekend oh yes it's a new hob yes it is but crucially and i'm sure what people are more interested in is did it arrive before your makeaway arrived it did yeah it arrived at a good time quarter to 11 uh so 10 45 a.m there was a bit of tension when the two Curry's guys were like, I don't think one of them said, it's not going in. You ain't got you ain't even got anything to to saw off there, mate. It's just draw. I was like, surely, <laughs> surely you know a way to make this work. And the other guy said, Yes, it will work. Don't worry. This guy's being dramatic. And that made the other guy look pretty grumpy. Uh, but they fixed it all and it went in the end. Um, but parallel to this, my friend told me that he was having his first baby. Oh, amazing news. So that was really happy. Um, And then he shared it with our sort of larger WhatsApp group of 10 people, our school friends. uh, And I immediately undercut that announcement by saying I got a new hob too. (laughs) And what happened, that railroaded the brilliant news of the pregnancy with everyone congratulating me on my new hob. And I will share the image with you, Luke, on this audio medium, and you can describe mm-hmm. what I sent to everyone. It's a hob. <laughs> 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 
so so what mr davis has just put up on screen is that he it is a picture of his brand new hob and he's got a light box that has a message that says it's a hob as as in like it's a baby or it's a boy or it's a girl and they've even got little like hearts and balloons and some setups was this your doing or was this yours and anna's doing like was no, this was my doing no i am uh incredibly happy with myself <laughs> for the whole weekend i would get my phone out my pocket look at this picture and chuckle away to myself <laughs> how freaking funny i am and it, i'm assuming it went down well in the text group went down very well someone oh, said yeah. i just want whatsapp <laughs> Did um did Anna then want to take some credit for it, or did she still try and keep herself away from it? No, she doesn't like it when I'm not serious about nice things that my friends have done. She says, why are you all so mean to each other? And I'll reply, well, that's how we were brought up at school. We show affection to each other by undermining each other's life achievements. So really, this was the nicest possible thing I could have done for my friend's baby. Oh, it was, and it's a very, very nice announcement as well. So, so congratulations to them, and congratulations to you for winning WhatsApp. Uh, more perhaps, and the hub. more importantly, and the hub, yeah, yeah, and, and the hub. How was the makeaway? Makeaway was delicious. Uh, unfortunately, like a baby, I ate too much food, needed a poo poo, and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so romantic, so romantic on Valentine's Day. I mean, dude, I did the exact same thing. We didn't get a makeaway, but we got like a curry on the Friday nights. And I, so my local curry house is really good. It's super posh, actually. One of those ones when you walk inside and you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's a fancy one, I think. Um, or at least they've made it look like it's a fancy one. And they've got a lot of like really nice curries. But my old curry house um, back in West London used to do a paneer tikka masala. Oh, Paneer is where it's at. Right. And like there aren't many places that do tikka paneer curries, which is baffling because they do tikka paneer as a starter and they do the curries, but never the twain shall meet. So <laughs> it's just like, well, you can have a dance sack, but it's with chicken or lamb. It's like, well, can you just put some of the tikka paneer in there? It's the same thing. It's not like you've made a chicken dance sack and a lamb dance sack. You have a dance sack and then you put the chicken or the lamb in. So I got on the phone with them and I just said, by any chance, could you do us a paneer tikka uh, dance sack? And they was like, yeah, of course we can. Oh, I'm like, yeah, oh, you beauty. And that arrived and it was lovely. But on actual Valentine's Day, my wife and I made uh, these white chocolate, white chocolate um, sort of mousse things with like a biscuity base in the bottom. We put them in these Ooh, little ramekins. Biscuit base. It was a beautiful little biscuit base. And it was, I had those. I had one of those um, with uh, a glass of a couple of glasses of wine, but we'd also like made our own spread of like lamb, lamb doing inverted commas for podcast listeners, lamb koftas, falafels, halloumi, hummus. I made the wraps that we used to have back at work from the van. <laughs> you can made... take the boy out of Hackney. I did. I even chopped up the salad the same way. And I was like, I'm just going to make the, the wraps we used to get uh, for my lunch break. Hummus in there, falafel, halloumi, and the salad in there. And it was. I was so full. I was genuinely unwell. 
I ate so much. I had a I had a sore tummy while we were trying to watch our romantic movie. I was like, my tummy's quite sore though. Did she rub it for you? <laughs> no, because she had done the exact same thing. She ah. also ate far too much. So we both sat there full of our little white chocolate desserts and falafel and hummus and wine. And we're just like, my tummy's quite sore now. Yeah, we're 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 more advanced in age. Valentine's Day is about just just having a nice meal. Just gorging too, on food. It's too much to I don't know how I used to go out and, and drink a lot and eat oh. food and dance and then go back to some random's random persons I met house at two in the morning and you know, just go to bed. <laughs> No, like we were on Sunday night, we got into bed I, and like my wife and I were like, she was like, should we go and watch the last episode of the show in bed? And I was like, okay, yeah. She was like, you're going to take up a glass of wine. I was like, you know what? I think I will. I wine myself, in bed? I poured myself the smallest glass of wine I've ever poured in my life because I'd already had one. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to go nuts. And I'm already quite full from all the wine I previously, from the one glass of wine I've already had. My lady partner has been whitening her teeth because non-invasive cosmetic procedures are all the rage down in lockdown. They call it the Zoom boom. Have you heard this? I have not. Because so many people are doing video conferences over Zoom, their sort of facial appearance, at least men think so, uh, is directly tied to whether they will be successful in their job. So a lot of people Mm. are getting like a little Botox jawline filler and stuff like that. Anyway... My lady partner has had her teeth whitened, which means for the last three weeks, I've been drinking red wine for two. Oh, it's it's a slippery slope. It's dangerous. And I actually, because I did my writing class last night, I got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I got quite pissed. Couldn't remember the word for uh, a crematorium and just said in front of all these lovely people what's the place where they burn the bodies <laughs> while we were talking about someone's work that was you know quite emotional about a funeral very inappropriate i was probably slurring all over the place <sighs> <sighs> well i'll tell you what i mean i know where they burn the bodies it's called tlc at least that's what happened to the fiend talk about mm-hmm. raw it sort of ties together anyway here's the show We've had some big WWE stars pulled from this Sunday's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Usually, when WWE stars are pulled on the go-home show, you think, you know, there's a big thing going on right now that could be to blame. But no, it's not that. Ric Flair got someone pregnant. In storyline. Let's point out it's in storyline. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen, and we are here to review WWE Raw. But first, please, this is the last week of the Super Content Shake-Up. As of next, this is the last WrestleTalk podcast review of Raw that's going to take place on this main WrestleTalk YouTube channel. From next week, it's going to be exclusively on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Yeah, it's the end of an era. In terms of like, you know, you and I have been doing this WrestleTalk podcast on the main WrestleTalk channel for nearly five years. 
And this is the end of an era for us. So, you know, sad in a way, but also it's a brand new horizon. And also it's better for you viewers. You viewers are going to get so much better content out of us because the YouTube algorithm won't be messing around with all your subscriptions and stuff. So yeah, head on over. Link to it is in the video description down below. And it's being put into the chat by our wonderful moderation team. It's going to be a grand old time, a lovely little time over there on its exclusive channel. Be an early adopter. Be a VIP over at the Wrestle Talk Podcast Lounge. It's totally different to this one. It's just and I can, I can also tell you, two thirds of the viewers are over on the on the Wrestle Talk Podcast channel. Two thirds. That's great going. Well done, guys. I'm proud of you. That's that's a good sign to everything not falling apart. Anyway, right. It's also. Just in case this is a bit nerdy and a bit of a tangent, but we're always trying to understand the YouTube algorithm. That, to me, sounds like the WrestleTalk podcast audience were more likely to be recommended the show on the live stream beginning. I, I think so. I think that sounds about right, yeah. That's interesting, because like, if you're on the main channel, maybe you're still being served at my Raw Review WrestleTalk news from just two hours ago. So if anyone is interested in how all that works and why we're doing it. Hopefully that's proof of why. Uh, right, this episode of Raw, we'll get to the full play-by-play -play later, but uh, I guess it's not that different for usual go-home episodes of Raw for WWE to seemingly rip up the script, but there is a few things that were in their control and others that seemingly aren't. First off, we'll talk about the... <laughs> I can't believe it's taken this 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 route... The Ric Flair-Lacey Evans partnership was debuted in January as Charlotte Flair's big return beefing storyline. Lacey Evans last week was beaten up so much, folks, she got booked in a match against Asuka for the Raw Women's title at the pay-per-view this Sunday. But on this episode of Raw, we had a tag match, Asuka and Charlotte, you know, best friends, taking on Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. You know, other best friends. Do you remember, oh, the best do you remember how best the friends bestest they are? Of friends. Oh, they're the bestest of friends. Did you not see their interactions that they had? I would say they're probably more... Be I mean, I don't know if you can say this, but I feel like they're more better friends than Naomi and Lana are. But Lana, I mean, La Naomi is Lana's lucky charm. The thing is, the thing to remember, everyone, is women are only capable of two kinds of relationships. They're either best friends with each other or they're all bitches backstage in the in the locker room and, you know, starting feuds. Those are the only two types of women that exist in WWE on screen. Uh, not, obviously, I'm being facetious there. It's unfortunate that they don't write their characters better. So they have a tag match, and Lacey Evans is not tagging in because she doesn't want to face Charlotte. Usual heel shenanigans, but then she finally gets tagged in. She hops off the apron so she doesn't face flair and then she grabs a mic says you can't touch me because i'm pregnant and pw inside have reported this is real yeah and then rick flair started to woo a lot because he realized that he is going to be a daddy like okay so in storyline purposes rick flair is the dad of this baby at least that's what's implied that was certainly implied by what went on in all of this charlotte's reaction to it flair's celebration of it and lacy lacy cut this promo i was actually checking this out on rest uh, rest off on wwe's youtube channel lacy cut this promo about how like all your nasties this that and the other and at the end of it she proper did like an evil villain chuckle 
She actually went like a <laughs> as she walked away. It, she's a very goofy heel. But yeah, PW Insider, Wrestling Inc. and a few other places are now reporting that this is a shoot pregnancy. Lacey, they've only just found out that she is pregnant. WWE themselves only just found out. So the decision was made to pull her from the match with Asuka this Sunday, which makes complete sense. And if it is true, if she is pregnant, that's great news. Congratulations to them as a family. That's really, really wonderful news. It certainly speaks to me that this is not going to be like the Becky situation where Becky, you know, announced that she was pregnant and then took time off TV and hasn't been back since. This is very much, I think she's going to be on TV every single week so she can keep pushing this storyline with Ric Flair. Otherwise, why would you tease that it's Flair's, right? I guess, look, WWE have been gifted a situation where they put Lacey Evans and Ric Flair together in a sort of, it's meant to be that they've definitely presented it and they've gone out of their way in promos to say this is not, this is a platonic relationship. It's all about Rick choosing Lacey over Charlotte. So it's more of a daughterly thing, which makes I, 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 I feel like, I feel like now that they've done, like in the last couple of weeks, they've made that switch. Prior mm. to that, they were definitely boning. Like they would, like the storyline was these two are at it like rabbits. And then when people started to be like, that's a bit weird, they were like, yeah, I mean, it was definitely from the very start, this has only been about business. Shame on you, viewers, for thinking <laughs> that, you dirty yeah. minds. Like how it was our fault that we all thought that Lana and Liv Morgan had a a, a lesbianum storyline. It was our fault. It was our dirty minds. It wasn't the fact that they said that on TV. It's our prejudices. It was a bisexual storyline. Mm -hmm. Honestly. So, yes, uh, they are pushing that route. I, I don't know. WWE, like I said, they've been given lemons, but a great lemon, you know, someone's pregnant. But for storyline purposes and for Lacey being in the title match this weekend very problematic so I guess like yeah that you should exploit this and push the idea that Rick and Lacey are a couple why wouldn't you it's wrestling it's, it's wrestling it's, sometimes it's meant to be a bit bad taste totally it, it's wrestling there are some people who love this industry so so much they're like do you know what I will shoot an angle at my legit wedding if you, want, <laughs> if you want me to shoot a legit ang a, a wedding, sorry, an angle at my shoot wedding to put over your 24-7 title, I'm game for it because I love this business. And maybe that's where Lacey's at at the moment. She was like, dude, it would be so great if we ran this as a storyline where Ric Flair's the dad, but then we'll reveal afterwards that he's not the dad. And that is what will lead to the, our split as a partnership. And she, he can go back to being with Charlotte Flair again. Oh God, who do you think, who's the dad in that situation? Probably her husband. Like, I mean, oh, I know. no, you've got to get over another wrestler. Andrade. <gasps> Scandal. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they would because, like, they're a pretty couple. And WWE, if, if you're a pretty couple and they like you, then you're allowed to stay together. If you're a, mm. a couple where one of them is pretty and the other one's not so pretty, then it's a relationship that doesn't make sense. And we have to split you up. And we have to put your your partner with someone else on screen. But I don't think they would put Andrade in that situation. He's far too pretty. No, it's going to be Otis. Let's make peace with it now. It's going to be Otis <laughs> as the dad. So, but, you know, for Lacey, I'm sure she's thinking, ah, I cannot wrestle. She shouldn't wrestle. She's pregnant. That's, it's unsafe. But she can still work. And WWE have this, you know, tradition of if someone can't work, they just take them off screen because they're not creative enough or or they're too lazy to think of a way around it. 
But yeah, if, if they keep on healing it up as these two going forward, all the power to them. I just don't know what you do with the title match this Sunday with Asuka. Well, I guess you just don't have a title match this Sunday. Like they, they didn't use this show to book an alternative. And like, I mean, this match didn't even have an ending. It's not like mm. that you use this match to kind of put over Peyton Royce to be the, you know, the, 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 the just pardon the pun, but the surrogates to go into the match <laughs> instead. Because uh, they, they just beat her from pillar to post throughout the match. So she is certainly not a credible contender. Um, and yeah, they didn't use any, like there was nothing else in the show. So I guess you just don't have a match this week. Oh, this this Sunday, rather. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the other people who were pulled were Keith Lee, uh, they spoke about on commentary, isn't going to be a part of that United States triple threat with Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle. So yes, we don't know on this one. He's still on the match graphic, and he was on the match graphic on this show as well, but they said that he was injured during uh, Bobby Lashley's beatdown. So he's in question about whether he's going to be mm. on the show on Sunday. I would imagine that he will be, because it seems very weird to just do it as a throwaway line that he's not going to be on the show and not shoot like a much bigger angle to kind of write him out of the the match. So I they li- they literally left their women's championship match <laughs> hanging. We just talked about how they do this all the time. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I think that we could probably expect Keith Lee to be on the show. I, I think they probably just didn't want to have beat up Keith Lee for two weeks in a row before you know mm-hmm. the title match on Sunday. Because you can beat a riddle as much as you want. He's small. So you can beat him up a lot. But, uh, you know, Keith Lee's a big lad. You don't want to beat him up two weeks on the bounce. Well, I hope it, you know, because he's had a bit of a, he's been on and off telly as of late. He missed the Royal Rumble, unfortunately, uh, that it came out later that Mia Yim had tested his his real life, well, fiance now, right? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Congratulations to them. To them. Yeah, stuff. that happened recently. Uh, she tested positive for coronavirus. She she came out and said, and of course, they live together. So Keith Lee was off t- off the Rumble, but he was there last week on Raw, but he's he's gone now. So yeah. Don't know whether it's storyline or legit, whether he'll be at the pay-per-view this Sunday either. And the other person, really big change. Uh, I'm surprised this wasn't... I don't know when they would have thought of this. So, okay, here's what happened. The show opened with a Miz TV segment. He had Drew McIntyre out. They did some cute stuff going back and forth. Of course, they're both in the chamber match this Sunday. And at the end of the promo, after Drew had headbutted him and walked off and threw the briefcase up the ramp in that wonderful way Drew does, Miz said that he is taking himself out of the chamber match. Yeah, because he doesn't need to be in the chamber. He's already got a guaranteed title match inside the Money in the Bank briefcase. All he's got to do is just wait until those six guys in there, whoever has walked out as the champion, have beaten the holy heck out of each other and just cash in on that champion. And he did say, he's like, I'm not saying that I am going to cash in on this Sunday, but I could. So why do I need to be in the match? And he did this as a way, like we'd then later learn because he was then talking with Adam Pierce that he wanted to do it so he could put John Morrison in the match instead as a way, you know, hey, it's, we've now got two chances for one of us to walk away as the champion this Sunday, but it backfired on him and instead Kofi Kingston got into the match instead. So this was not part of Miz's plan. But yeah, I wonder when this decision was made to take Miz out of the match because it's not like last week they were saying... Like they didn't put over this over this idea on commentary that it's weird that Miz is in the match yeah. um, because he's got the money in the bank briefcase. He doesn't need to be uh, in the match. It's a very you know what or whatever you know Miz putting this in the comment. It just sort of came very much out of nowhere for him to be like, yeah, I'm not going to be in the match now. 
uh, instead, um, I'm, I'm just going to cash in instead. Yeah, well, it was something we were all picking up on. A lot of people last week in our comment section were saying, oh, it's what a waste of a place. Miz has already got yeah. the briefcase. He can cash and in whenever. Weird. Why is he in the chamber? And it's weird that it's not Kofi. Like, as former yeah. WWE champion, Kofi should be in that match. And we said the reason why he's not is because he's a he's like, <clears> they see him as a tag guy now. So, yeah, I don't know if they then saw that or this is the plan all along. It's just based on how... WWE seems to work and what they've done in the past. This feels like a late change. But I've got to admit, on this episode, I thought it was a very effective change. I really liked Miz's promo work in the opening mm -hmm. section. I thought it was really good, like psychotic, serious bit at the end. The The idea of him, but you, you missed this bit out. When he talked to Pierce about putting Morrison in the match to replace him, he described John Morrison as a young up-and-comer. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's not been around for as long as The Miz has. So I guess he is a young up-and-comer. Which popped me. Uh, it's nice to see Miz. Miz knows. Miz knows. <laughs> and then in the when they're having another argument backstage uh, with The New Day and Adam Pearce, Miz says, but yeah, but John Morrison is a former world champion. He's an ECW world champion. I mean, if Braun doesn't qualify after being a universal champion <laughs> as like a technicality, I'm not sure Morrison being an ECW champion also qualifies him. Xavier Woods guffawed at that line. He <laughs> openly corpsed when Miz said that. Uh, and of course, Pierce booked the match and Kofi beat Miz to to get into the chamber. So just, Great I guess match. like, I liked, I liked how this came about, even though it was a late change. But I just don't understand Pierce's motivation here. Like, if the idea is that the match has to be former world champions, why don't you put in Kofi immediately? Why do you even mm -hmm. entertain the idea that Morrison would go in? Why do you book a match? I guess just to put, I mean, to put stuff on TV would be my, my simple answer. Um, you know, you've got to fill the three hours somehow. And I, I thought this was a, a really nice, creative way to do it. It added some stakes for, for Kofi's match with mm. Miz, but it also gave uh, Kofi an Achilles heel going into the gauntlet match because it's February. So, of course, there was a gauntlet match on TV. Uh, it's gauntlet match season. And so it, it kind of gave him, you know, an out to be eliminated right from the start. It's weird that Ali did not get involved or any member of Retribution. Considering, mm. like, their whole beef with Kofi is that he stole a spot into Elimination Chamber and this, that, and the other. And then he's getting another shot inside and they don't get involved. It's very yeah. weird for them not to show their faces whatsoever in all of this. That is an open freaking goal of booking. I, I, yeah. Gauntlet match and everything. I, I don't understand it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast, just letting you know that the video versions of the WrestleTalk podcast is now on a new and exclusive home. If you've been watching the WrestleTalk podcast video version uh, for the last four years, you'll have known it was on WrestleTalk, but because of YouTube algorithms and uploads and blah blah views etc etc we've been instructed by some very very smart intelligent algorithm boffins that our uploads are kind of like they're butchering some of the plays so what we've done is we've now moved the rest talk podcast off of wrestle talk and are putting it on an exclusive youtube home wrestle talk podcast nothing else is changing you're still going to get your pay-per-view reviews raw aew smackdown the magazine show with myself and denise if you do watch the video version of these podcasts by the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, it will only be available to find on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. Don't go to WrestleTalk, you'll only find the WrestleTalk news there. WrestleTalk Podcast channel. But if you just search WrestleTalk Podcast, you should still be able to find it. That's all from me. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the show. Speaking of moderators, we've had some technical issues. So thank you, Abby, for stepping in, social media manager, Abby. Uh, but these aren't in the order that we normally do them. We're just doing them in chronological order as they come in, as opposed to curated by topic. So let's have a look at some of these. Bacon Rasher, ding dong, hello, lads. That last hour of Raw was really good booking for me, and Bliss was back to being good. But the first two hours, I thought, was just standard rubbish. Raw, although I did like the Miz promo. Also, any idea how much longer Keith is off TV? Jam that jam. So we, jam that jam. We don't know if it's a legit thing or whether it's just they would they took him off TV for this week to kind of sell the injury that the bubbles gave him last week. So I don't know. I guess I guess we'll find out this Sunday. Like, or whether they they may just announce on Saturday or maybe even on Sunday, an hour before the show. He's not in the match now. James Dobinson, when an episode of Raw starts with Ms. TV, you know you're in for a long three hours. <laughs> I thought the exact same Yeah, way. I know. Oh, man. And he came out as soon. I was like, oh, no, it's Ms. TV, isn't it? Oh, God. What's now? I watched NXT Vengeance Day last night. It was incredible. It really is hard to believe that Raw is made by the same company. What a mess of a show. Well, I enjoyed this episode of Raw. After, after so I finished watching it, uh, my lady partner always asked me, how was the wrestling? Uh, and I said, yeah, it was good. And she went, oh, what? Like like yesterday's was. And I was like, no, 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 no it was no, awful no, compared yeah. to yesterday's. Yesterday's was amazing. 
This was rubbish yeah. compared to that, but by its own crap standards, loved it. Thumb, thumbs up show. James Dobinson again. So Lacey implies she's pregnant with Rick's baby, but is still planning to face Asuka this weekend. Heard Lacey is legit pregnant, so why not set up a new opponent for Asuka on the go-home show? Do you reckon they'll now do a mystery replacement for Chamber? They could, uh, like, you know, just have Asuka come out on the show and be like, I don't have a challenger. And then someone comes out and they just have a three-minute match that doesn't have an ending. And there you go. That's <laughs> your your women's championship match. It's what happened with, um, was it, which pay-per-view was it when Nikki Cross was supposed to face Bailey? And then Nikki Cross wasn't actually there at the show. So Asuka came out and had a match with her instead. And it just went like a handful of minutes. And then they mm. just, you know, did a double count out or whatever it was and, and end it there. You could just do that, really. It'll be Charlotte. Leon Quashi. Good afternoon, gents. Have you seen the AEW Women's Eliminator on YouTube? The Veni Emi Sakura match was magnificent and worth the admission alone. Hot take. I enjoyed that match more than the Women's Triple Threat Vengeance Day. Well, the, that triple threat was slightly marred by the, the table botch and things not going to plan. Yeah, that was a match that had 20 minutes allocated and only went 12. So I, I, I like you said, you, you put it well in your review yesterday, where it's like through no fault of their own, it was the worst match or the weakest match on the card. And by, like, it wasn't yeah. bad. It's, yeah, weakest. It was, and it was by no means bad, but it could have been a whole heck of a lot better. It's just, you know, circumstances worked against them. I've not seen the AEW thing, though. A friend of mine was texting me today saying how much they enjoyed it. So it's on my list of things that I want to try and check out this week if I can get some free moments. But uh, yeah, I've heard that it's not bad. I've heard that it doesn't, it doesn't look great, though, which is why it's not on TV. Uh, and finally for now, Julie Hornsberg. Lacey Evans is pulling out of Elimination Chamber. Guess Rick is... <laughs> Guess Rick is the one who should have pulled out. Also, did Rick get the Miz pregnant as well? By the way, Mr. Dave Davis still smells like stale onions. Hey. When did, when did you start alone. It's just, it's just what I smell like. It's my smell. Oh. It's my thing. <sighs> so, yes, very good joke with the pullouts there. That is not a legitimate form of birth control, folks. Remember. Uh, right, so as we've already talked about, this episode opened with Ms. TV. Uh, Drew McIntyre was the guest. John Morrison's absence. He was another person who was gone, sorry. So John Morrison wasn't on the show at all. It was weird to see Ms. come out without Morrison. And I, I immediately thought, okay, John Morrison's going to dress up like Drew McIntyre here. But he wasn't. Uh, Ms. just described him as being away, working with a producer far better than Bad Bunny. So he's still keeping that feud bubbling. Yeah, they're working on a Bad Bunny disc track, <coughs> which, you know, it's, it's perfectly good stuff. I'm sure it'll be just as good as that Braun Strowman one they did last year. Um, Miz was, like, uh, intentionally annoying in this segment. And it is the, it's the bizarre dichotomy of the Miz at the moment where he is comedy goofball heel, constantly calling Drew Andy throughout all of this, and then getting beaten up like a goofball. And then all of a sudden being like, and now it's time for a serious promo. Here I am. I'm now Mr. Serious. And then goes backstage and does more comedy goofiness. I'm like, what is your character in this? Who are mm. you? Are you comedy goofball or are you super serious WWE championship contender? I think he's, he's a victim of his own talent. He can do both so both. well. WWE yeah. just get him out to do that no matter how incoherent it is. But everything he did, he did well. I thought this was a good yeah. week for Miz. 
Uh, the first match of the show was Hurt Business versus Riddle and Lucha House Party, the Hurt Business lineup without Lashley. So MVP, Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. You know, f- fun six-man stuff. Riddle uh, beat MVP with, was it the, the Floating Bro? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Lashley came down because it seemed like someone might be getting over and just sort of hammerlocked Riddle. Uh, sorry, not Mark Masterlocked. No, Hammerlock. It's a Hammerlock. No, it's a Full Nelson. Yeah. Full Nelson riddle to bits and stood over him call looking it the, all masculine. I think they call it the Hurt Lock. I'm pretty sure that's what them... The, the Hurt is. Lock is a great name. Yeah, and I th- I'll be honest with you, dude. I think they've been calling it that now for months. Like, it's I think that's, I'm pretty sure it's been called that for like... Since like late last year, it's been called that. You describe uh, Matt Riddle's terrible backstage comedy while I double check that. <laughs> So Matt Riddle did commentary back commentary did com- comedy backstage with the Lucha House Party. I'm guessing it was President's Day or something because he was talking about presidents and asking the Lucha House Party who their favorite presidents are. And in his list of favorite presidents, he said that one of his favorite presidents was Matt, uh, was Harrison Ford from Air Force One because he once saved Chewbacca in Star Wars. I'll be honest, I love Air Force One, so I I kind of popped a little bit for, you know, because he's just listing off presidents and then just casually mentioned Harrison Ford. It's one of the few Riddle segments backstage that did make me laugh. So I'm going to give it a a big old thumbs up for that. I thought it was a bit rubbish. Uh, No, it looks like it's called The Full Nelson. Um, Or the... Yeah, it's The Hurt Lock. That's what uh, Injection 2K is saying. I I mean, I always hear it when they talk about it as the full Nelson and everything I can see is the full Nelson on Google, even WWE's own YouTube clips. I made up? Have I made up that it's called the Hurtlock? No, Forgotten Wonders. It's been the Hurtlock It's been the Hurtlock for, for a month now. Oh, it's a great name. Unfortunately, though, Reddit came up with a better name that I've found. They had a vote. What's the cooler submission name? Uh, Lashley Lock or Full Lashley? <laughs> I like full Ashley. Full Ashley. Full Ashley. You'd be so sweaty. You'd pass out from dehydration. Uh, so yeah, that was the sort of hurt business bit of the week. Um, after that, that was, we got uh, Miz. Uh, some Sean Ross stats uh, for you. That is Matt Riddle's eleventh match with the Hurt Business uh, since November. So nice and repetitive. We got Miz talking to Adam Pierce backstage about putting John Morrison in. Uh, to replace him. Then we got Mandy Rose flirting with Bad Bunny. That's because that's what, you know, women are sometimes. They are props to be used to flirt with celebrities. She, she didn't just flirt with him, though. She also flirted on behalf of Dana Brooke uh, mm-hmm. to him as well. So, you know, she has a dual purpose there. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, because they're best, they're best friends, Luke. Well, yes, they are. They're bestest friends and i would say theirs is the most convincing of friendships as well yeah whenever i see them on tv all i can think of is like what natural chemistry they have the way they they like definitely hang out together they do the arm thing best of friends mm-hmm. uh so this was a, a way to sort of set up bad bunny and damien priest who you know still look cool this is the third week of the, the, the three-week push and the camera whips round. I think I can't remember who's interviewing Bad Bunny. It was about his SNL appearance this Saturday, which is, you know, that's a big deal. And the camera whips round 
Akira Tazawa, I think it was, gets rolls up our truth, wins the 24-7 title, walks along. Damien Priest looks at him, boof, lays him out. Bad Bunny is your new 24-7 champion. So, you know, good promo because you can take that on SNL and hold the belt. But it does, and it, you know, this was fine. It's like they behaved as though the 24-7 championship is beneath them. But I'm just worried that it's now in the same realm. I, I no, I, I disagree. Like this is just so they can have Bad Bunny have a WWE Championship on SNL this coming Saturday. I'm gonna well, of course it's Saturday, isn't it? Saturday Night Live. Um, Just is on like the you know those two geeks that were on there from Colin WrestleMania. Just, yeah, yeah. Mike so like Shea. they're there, so they're there, so they could probably, like you'd have thought that they can do something with that. Like if I was WWE, I was trying to be get a title change done on the show. Like, I think that could be something that's quite good. And then you can just, you know, have someone win it back. Maybe you see when R-Truth wins it back on the show, pinning bad. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I mean, for me, the shame is that it's such a crap belt that no one cares about. Like, it's, it doesn't really show off your company that well when it was like, well, this is a rubbish belt that means nothing. Please now watch Raw. Um, but at the same time, it's why the belt exists. It's so it can change hands on NFL shows and, you know, this, that, and the other. So, yeah, it's why it's there. I agree with you, but on paper, on the third week of Damian I, I, Priest's I would, I wouldn't call read too up, much into that. if if this wasn't if it wasn't for SNL, he wouldn't they would this segment wouldn't exist. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much. They're still okay. solidly in the mid card. They're with Miz and Morrison. You're right, Luke. You're right. I shouldn't worry about that fresh, exciting <laughs> NXT call up on his third week on the show. What if precedent is that for anxiety if there? Running, if he's running with Eric, then that's when you need to worry. But he's not running with them at the moment, or whichever one of the Viking Raiders that's still there. Whichever, like, if he's running with them and the other Umberto Carrillo, that's when you start to worry. Currently, I think it's fine. So New Day then told Adam Pierce backstage, don't put in Morrison, put in Kofi. They want Kofi Mania Part 2, Part 2. Uh, and Pierce booked that match, Miz and Kofi later. <clears throat> Then we got the Charlotte, Asker, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce thing that we've already covered, where Ric Flair, I, uh, you know, gone. got a girl pregnant, implied. I particularly like WWE ran a little like bumper thing to talk about their TikTok subscribers. And it, it wasn't that they have more <laughs> subscribers than the NFL, NHL, and all these other things. It's that they were outpacing them in terms of like subs- <laughs> of like new subscribers to TikTok. It was an excellent little bit of uh, word spin, which I very much enjoyed. I like that. Go go over to the Wrestle Talk podcast channel. The hottest outpa—it's outpacing the main channel in terms of getting subs over a three-week period. Yeah. It's actually, well done, you could argue, it's, it's, our, it's our hottest channel that we have to, uh, as far, because it's outpacing Parts of Unknown. It's outpacing No Rolls Barred. It's the hottest channel going. What are you waiting for? Get over and watch <laughs> watch us. The exact same stream right now is also on that <laughs> channel. Go over and do it. Uh, Seamus cut a promo to Charlie Caruso saying that he's going to win the gauntlet match that was going to main event the show. Then we got Kofi Kingston versus The Miz, which, re- you know, it was a decent match. I don't think I was into it as everyone else was because lots of people are like, oh my God, it's a mind blowing match. To me, I, you know, I've seen these guys before and I'm not over it, but I've seen it. Uh, but I will give it credit for having a lot of stakes. It really felt like it, it meant something when Kofi won it. Yeah. Had this been just a regular week, it, I, I would have been, you know, 
probably a bit fine on it. But I think that actually the, the stakes of him going into the chamber did add some level to this. Because you're right, like we've been watching these two have matches for like 15 years at this point. So it's kind of hard to get excited about Kofi Kingston versus The Miz on Raw. But at the same time, hey, do you know what? I wasn't bored during it. I, I thought they were, they were uh, entertaining throughout. So this was, I thought this was a good match. Really good, in fact. Yeah. So Kofi won that. He's not only going into the chamber, uh, but I love the idea that he's also going into the gauntlet match later on, which we'll come mm. to in a bit. Uh, Lana and Naomi talked about being, God damn this promo. <laughs> so uh, who was it? Was it Charlie or I, I didn't look at the interview Renee. was, but it was the Sarah Schreiber then. So they're backstage in the little ring area that they've got backstage for interviews. And Lana and Naomi are just hugging each other. Lana is hanging off Naomi's neck, being like, you're my lucky charm. You've come back. I just thought, I don't, I really don't care about this babyface chance iteration of Lana's character. I didn't care about it five months ago. I, I care less about it now. And it's bringing Naomi down. I was excited for Naomi a couple of weeks ago when she returned. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm really sad for Naomi being stuck in this because she's not the important character in all of this. Like she is just there. Like Lana is the pushed part of this act, which I I, I do think that is is a real shame. And like Lana in this promo was just like, you know, people like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, they're just focused on being the best of all time. And I was like, yeah, that was your gimmick six months ago. Like, where's the consistency here to be like, I used to be that person, but now I've changed my ways. They're just pretending that it was never part of her character, which is why this Lana thing's never really connected with me because it was just a like, you know, light switch thing being like, oh, by the way, she's now rubbish and she's just lucky to be here. That's her character now ignore everything else that's come previous to it which yeah which is why I'm, I'm really not getting on board with it we had a randy orton promo next but we'll we'll come back to that because after that was the match related to that promo lana versus shayna baszler and i thought shayna baszler better killer she's got <laughs> she's got a killer in a minute and she's got a toy with her in that minute as well but it was kind of like, you know, Shayna got the bulk of it, definitely. But Lana actually got a comeback. And it wasn't until Nia Jax beat up Naomi outside that distracted Lana that allowed Baszler to choke her out in the Kirafuda clutch. I, I'm gonna, I would disagree with you uh, on ever so, ever so slightly <laughs> on this. Like, because I had to watch it back. Because you, know, you mentioned this in your review that um, Shayna had to sell for, for Lana. So I had to try and find an image of that. And there was no image of it in WWE's gallery. So I had to go back and watch the match so I could find an image of, of um, Sh uh, Shayna selling. And it didn't happen all that often, really. There was a okay. couple of things. Every, every time Lana did get some offense in, Shayna was immediately like, nope, let's, we're not having any of that. Uh, and then, yeah, she won in the end. It just made a you know, I don't think it makes Shane look great. Lana's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm just, I'm not into it. It doesn't really do anything for me. Maybe. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I'm perfectly fine with being corrected, but it's just anything where Shana isn't awesome. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's annoying yeah. me. It's annoying. <laughs> no. yeah, Particularly on the, and this is sort of like a year now to when she was last, not good because I don't, I, that first run, that first proper dominating run wasn't perfect by a long shot but at least she was being pushed individually and you yeah. know last year's elimination chamber was the last point of that 
Um, yeah, we all thought yeah. she was going to be Raw Women's Champion. Like we, the whole point of her coming up and like she was going to win the uh, the Royal Rumble last year. Like that was the plan, and she was going to win the Royal Rumble, then beat Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. She did neither of those things, and now she's in this tag team, like you know, feuding with Lana. Uh, going back to that Randy Orton promo, he cut his generic unfinished business stuff about the gauntlet match coming up. He goes, you'll know the most destructive three ladders in sports entertainment. Okay. <laughs> and then his feed gets interrupted and it cuts to Bliss, Alexa Bliss, in the looking straight down the lens. And she sort of looks like she's sitting down in the set of the Firefly Funhouse. And the camera sort of tracks back and up, so looking down at her on her knees. And she's sitting in the middle of a sort of circle pentagram. And she talks about summoning the Fiend back from the dead. Yeah, I, and they, they, so, yeah, Fiend is, is coming back. This, and she was sat, like, in a pentagram as well, which WWE tend to, like, shy away from. Like, they like they will sometimes do it, but they won't, like, say what it is. You know, it's that symbol, or, like, it's a, <laughs> it's not a, oh, no, it's not a staff, it's something else. It's a cru it's not a crucifix, it's a crucifix, you know, sort of make up word stuff. This was just a straight-up pentagram that was on the floor with the candles and everything around it. And she was just like, yeah, no, it's, she's coming, yeah, he's coming back. I'm literally raising him <laughs> from the dead. So No, I'm, I'm a Satanist, guys, yeah, just in case yeah, there was yeah. any doubt. <laughs> I know some people have been asking questions, just so we're all clear. On the same hymn sheet, I'm a Satanist. But I liked this. You know, I, and I was, I'm trying to like think, why did I like it? Because I've really grown tired of all this stuff over the weeks, of months. And I think it's a few things. I think it hasn't been on TV that much in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it wasn't the main event thing. So it wasn't like the big presented storyline on Raw. And crucially, nothing was insulting my intelligence in terms of someone's just literally materialized in the ring. It was, I'm, you know, everything can kind of be put down to psychological mind games, which I find a lot more believable. Yeah, I, I didn't mind this actually at all. I thought it was it was pretty effective. I thought the bliss was really good uh, in her role here. The visual of it was very very cool. So yeah, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into this. I, I'm still wondering when they're going to bring the fiend back. Like, are they going to do it at the chamber to like cost Randy Orton? Oh, uh, Ollie's got some fancy booking. Randy Orton's uh, cell door is just about to open in the chamber match. Oh, it won't open. Wait, it won't open. You start to hear the fiend's laughter. <laughs> Oh no, it won't open. Somehow, the chamber sets alight. <gasps> I, I thought you were just going to say just his pod, like his pod. Just oh like, no, no, just, yeah, just sorry, just his pod, just yeah, his yeah, pod. Yeah. I mean, dude, you may as well do it. Like, you know, there's no harm in doing it. I guess. I don't want this to happen. Just to be perfectly clear, that's stupid, because you would kill a man. <laughs> But we've already killed. A, we've already killed people. I like the you idea killed of a supernatural a, man. <laughs> I like the idea of putting Alexa Bliss in the match, but only Randy Orton can see her. So he's going up to all the other pods, being like, "You can see her, right?" And they're going like, "What are you talking about?" You talk, I'm, I'm trying to get ready for the match, and mm. like, so she, he, she essentially taunts him throughout the match, but only he can see her. Uh, well, if you're not, if you're not into that, are you into Braun Strowman? No, I'm not. This is Shane Absolutely not. So I got taken to task by a few people on Twitter last week when I said it should be Shane McMahon versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. People were like, that's the worst thing you could possibly say. This is way worse. Braun Strowman worse. versus... 
Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman is so much worse than Shane versus Drew for the title. So no, much. Not. Can you, dude? Can you imagine how terrible that match is going to be? Shane Braun having to sell for Shane McMahon. It's going to no, be. But they won't. Dreadful, man. Shane's going to jump off a load of stuff, and there's going to be loads of smokes and mirrors and hardcore spots. But Drew's the champion. Yeah, you, you, and you want to. Bu- <laughs> are you telling me? You want Shane McMahon. You've made my eye blink. Are you telling me <laughs> Shane McMahon going for a top championship against in Drew McIntyre In a storyline, in a storyline where he is not like where they are very clear that he is not deserving of this role. And he's put himself in that as a mega megalomaniacal decision that he thinks he's the box office draw. And then Drew goes and absolutely destroys him. That's an interesting storyline. Sh- like Shane versus Braun over Braun being mad that he's not in a chamber match and that's Shane's fault. That's crap. And it'll be a crap match and a crap. And I, I don't want to see it. I would much rather Shane and Drew have a match, which could be at the very least good and a, and a good storyline. So what happened, folks? Braun Strowman returned backstage. He's been off TV for ages since he got so offended by Adam Pierce's last but not least. Do you remember that? He was, on, he was on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Oh, bollocks. I forgot about SmackDown. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's back on Raw. He hasn't been on Raw in months. You're right. He hasn't been on Raw since Survivor Series. It's meant to have a title match against Drew. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, then he said, Shane better make this right. So that's that's why we're talking about this possibility. Might just be a little, a little angle, but, you know, it's the right time of year. Shane came back last week. Oh. I could have given you I could spend <clears throat> 20 matches. I'd rather see Shane McMahon have a WrestleMania before I Go get on. to Braun. I got 30. I could probably even get to 30. Basically, Go anyone on. from NXT anyone from NXT. <laughs> All right. The Miz, John Morrison, Angel Garza, Andrade, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Randy Orton. I'd probably mm, actually I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one back. I'm taking that one back. I apologize for that one. Uh Finn this Balor. is like a Quizzlemania record. <laughs> Finn Balor. Finn Balor. I'd much rather see him have a match with Finn Balor than against than a match with Braun Strowman. I'd much rather see him have a match with Finn. What Balor. is the chat saying about this? <laughs> I think most people are on my side. Like AJ Styles again. One hundred. AJ. Absolutely. AJ Styles again. Totally agree with that one. Triple H is another one that someone suggested. Much rather see that match. Where do mm. I get to? Fifteen. John Morrison. I can't remember if I already said that one. You were like seven. Um, <laughs> Um, oh, there you go. Steve Blackman. Bring back Steve Blackman for another match. That's a great Edge. shout, actually. Edge is another one. Christian, uh, I'd much rather. Big E, The New Day, uh, all three of them. The, the, you, You're I just saying see- things you can see. Lamp. My, Shane my McMahon versus Lampy. Ring lights. This cup. <laughs> all things Shane McMahon could either use as weapons or jump off of in his match with Braun Strowman. So the main event of Raw actually was really, really good. Great. It was a whole hour, the last hour of the show, a gauntlet match. WWE are really good at gauntlet matches, I think we <laughs> can say. Them, there's yeah. not oh yeah, there's not many things that they do better than anyone, but gauntlet matches, they've got a real great track record. And crucially, sometimes they, they do do them every week, but mostly they spread them out really well. So you'll get one around February, you get one in August three or four a year maybe on on your individual shows and it's just enough to keep it special it's a it's a mark of restraint that you don't often see in this company and this 
had stakes as well. The person who won, who was in there at the end, would get to go last in the chamber. Yeah, it added a lot of stakes to the match. And like I was looking at that lineup, and obviously there are some people who are like, well, it's not going to be Jeff Hardy, and it's not going to be Kofi Kingston. Uh, but like I was like, could be AJ, could be Sheamus, could be <laughs> Randy, could even be Drew. So it added quite a lot to this match. When Drew came out like, like second or third, I suppose, if you want to say that AJ and Kofi were one and two, when he came out third, I was like, I mean, they're going to pin AJ this soon. How are you going to get AJ out of this match? Like, Randy still to come yet? It really did add a lot of drama to this match. And I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I think they're very good at going at the matches, particularly because they've got a three-hour show. They're just like, cool, mm. well, the last hour of this show then is going to be the gauntlet match. So, like, our first match can go 20 minutes. Our second match can go 20 minutes as well. So you kind of, And then you can put over this idea that they're going through this huge level of fatigue, which then protects Drew in the end when he does lose against Sheamus. They found a creative way to get Randy Orton out of this. He got a win over Jeff Hardy. I thought a lot of people came out this, like, actually, I'd argue most people came out of this looking great. I, maybe five out of the six came out of it looking really, really good. Yeah, I guess it, it forces Raw to do long matches, which is yeah. which is always good because they're so choppy sometimes. But yeah, it started off with AJ versus Kofi. Omos, that tall guy, took out Xavier Woods by just holding him up with one arm for ages and a sort of choke slam and throwing him over the barricade. Omos got ejected. I just assumed that was setting up a Kofi win. But then, no, uh, AJ just sort of beat Kofi clean relatively soon with a phenomenal forearm. Yeah, because Kofi had the leg like injury going into this from the mismatch. So AJ was I was surprised they didn't just do the calf crusher really as a mm. way to, you know, really sort of sell that injury and stuff. But yeah, like I, I think that was a smart thing to do. Kind of sucks for Kofi a little bit, but at least he had an out to go out first. And AJ is, you know, he's on he's on momentum, Ollie. He's got momentum on his side, which makes Drew's win over him even more impressive. I think this is where you have Ali from Retribution cost Kofi the match. I don't see why you don't do that. Like you said, it's a gauntlet match. They're feuding about not getting into an old gauntlet match. Uh, so that's a missed opportunity. But then, yeah, Drew McIntyre came out next. And him and AJ just had a fantastic match. Best match of the show. Best match of the gauntlet. Uh, I forgot I was watching a gauntlet match. And I was hmm. like, oh, why? Do it's such a shame that their TLC match in December like was a TLC match. If that was a straight-up one-on-one, God, they could have told a good story. And there's still a lot left in that tank as mm. well, I, th I think, for the AJ Drew thing, because you had all the mission shenanigans in there as well. Like, I think there's a lot you can still run with the the Kofi, uh, with the um, AJ Drew stuff. So, yeah, so I, I just really, really enjoyed this. And it's kind of similar with the Jeff Hardy one as well. It wasn't, like, it wasn't as good. But like I don't think like Jeff doesn't seem to be particularly enthused at the moment. This isn't the most this isn't the most charismatic of enigmas that we've seen with Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. And it was perfectly fine. Drew just gets the knees up off the Swanton and hit the Claymore for the win. Randy Orton was out next, but it immediately got <coughs> distracted by Alexa Bliss being on all the screens and got counted out. Bit, bit of a lame duck, I suppose, for Randy Orton because like there's so much all of the screen stuff and you know like all the noise and everything and Randy Orton's pooping his pants and then you just hear all of a sudden eight, nine, ten. <laughs> Randy Orton's been counted out. Yeah, I it it wasn't perfect, but compared to other ways WWE have done countouts and the 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 image of Bliss on all the screens was so arresting. Yeah, you know, I was certainly distracted by it. I think it helps when you also forget about the idea of a count. 
but yeah, that rode out Randy Orton. And then the final one after Drew had been in there for like 30, 35 minutes, Sheamus attacks him before the bell, even though he's got all that advantage. Drew stubbornly says, yes, I will continue the match. And, you know, they have a really good five minutes. And But Sheamus beats him with the brogue kick. Yeah, really, really good stuff. That I, I really enjoyed this. And it's kind of like, I, you know, we, I've kind of... We, I think you and I said it was too soon to do the Seamus heel turn. And I still agree. I still stand by that. I still think it was too soon to do it after the Royal Rumble. I think you could have teased it out a little bit longer. But it actually did add quite a little bit of drama into this match. Maybe it would have been better if it was still like that friendship respect thing. Mm. But at the end of it, when Seamus, you know, hit the bro kick and won, and then he just cuts this promo by saying like, this Sunday, I'm going to do that again because you know you can't beat me and I will be WWE champion. Yeah, like Drew versus Sheamus, I do think could still be a WrestleMania match. It's not as good as Drew versus Shane. I think we can all agree on that. But I... <laughs> I'm just trolling you at this point. But I think like Sheamus, I think Sheamus came out of this looking really, really good. And as someone who, you know, the whole storyline last week was you're not good enough to main event a pay-per-view. I think this actually did a good job of kind of like establishing him as you could actually. You're, you're making yourself now feel like you should main event pay-per-views. Yeah. Uh, that promo that he cut at the end really smacked of, oh, we've got two minutes of TV time left. Uh, <laughs> g- give him a mic. Give him a mic. You remember uh, I, like SmackDown Live used to be. Like, do you yeah. remember that? There was that period of time where SmackDown Live always ran five minutes short. And they were like, oh, no, give Kevin Owens the microphone again. Uh, I read a theory that the next pay-per-view is Fastlane, and that is also the first pay-per-view on Peacock Premium. If WWE wanted to do a big pay-per-view match for that, a draw, Sheamus could win the title in the chamber, and Drew could win it back on Fastlane. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know it's if compelling. they have the title switch. It is... <laughs> <laughs> but oh no, like Alexa Bliss, it's perplexing. Mm. Um, a plexiglass. I um I don't know if they will do. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in Drew retaining. Spoilers for my predictions tomorrow on the Elimination Chamber prediction show. But I mean, are, are you saying are you gonna put your card out on the table now and you're gonna say that you think Seamus is walking out the chamber as the champion? I've gotta I've gotta sleep on it. Um I'll see where I'm at tomorrow. Easy plug for our prediction stream. Same time tomorrow on the Wrestle Talk podcast channel. Remember, folks, so subscribe there. It'll be me, Luke, Laurie, and a bunch of others because we're having our own elimination jamber match. Are we not calling a it a champion- jamber? A jamber. Jamber. <laughs> a jamber. Jamboree. <laughs> we're having a jamboree. Uh, overall, I gave Raw a three out of five. Um, but to be honest, by recent episodes, it's a freaking six-star show because I, I thought the last hour in particular flew by, and I even enjoyed the first two hours uh, where yeah. a lot of people didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, we put this poll uh, to our YouTube community poll uh, over on Wrestle Podcast Channel, and that, again, was three out of five as well, like quite predominantly three out of five for the show, and the comments were that they all very much enjoyed the, um, the Gauntlet match, but not so much the rest of the show, particularly the Lacey Evans stuff has not got down well um, with the audience as far as we can tell. But yeah, I thought this was a very decent episode of Raw, and as you say, it's been the best episode, probably the best episode of Raw this year. And yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. I, th- I thought it was a solid three out of five show. Legends Night, Luke. I didn't watch Come Legends on. Night. I, that was my week off. I didn't see that show.
Uh, right, well, thank you everybody for sticking around for the play-by-play. We're going to do our Patreon shout-outs now, and then we're going to do the rest of your uh, hyper chats. So, last call for hyper chats: wrestletalk.com forward slash support. And also for the last bit, look, you're the most dedicated viewers. Go over to the WrestleTalk podcast channel now. Subscribe there. Watch this last ten-minute period of the show over there because it's the last chance you'll get to like make the switch while we're doing the dual streaming. But thank you to all ever. It's the last ever raw podcast review on the main WrestleTalk channel. End of an era. Uh, but thank you very much to our $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Woo. Yes, lovely stuff. Here comes the money, Fred Buckland. I don't want to hear that music. All-star <laughs> Chuck Turner. Yeah. Aram Swain, The Rock Johnson. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Oh, yeah, we always want Brian Moore. Duncan, just Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Angelic and Helicor Macedo. Oh, very nice. I like that. Say it to my face, Riley. Peter Fiber, Brontus. Oh, very good. Yeah, I like it. Ari and Shifra, the booze awaits. Thank you. Butter me up. Karaoke classic. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Thank you, everybody, all so much. If you go over to Patreon right now, you can take part in Wrestle League predictions against us for this weekend's Elimination Chamber and also a massive Wrestle Talk Patreon exclusive podcast review with me and Luke on St. Valentine's Day Massacre 1999. It was three hours long. We go into all of the news from that time period, including ECW potentially going out of business in 1999, Nitro putting on apparently the worst show ever, and a whole bunch of other stuff. It was a really, really fun show to do. And next week, for $10 and above backers, it will be our drunk podcast, Wrestle Talk After Dark, where we talk about all manner of naughty things and the swear button just gets i mean the swear button doesn't get used it's just it's a very lackadaisical show it's a bit sweary at times Last call for the Hyper Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get them in over there. Reese Johnson says, Afternoon, lads. Hope you're both well. So with Lacey up the duff, who does Asuka face? I'm not optimistic at all, so 100% Charlotte stepping in to face her best friend. Beat her in two minutes and having title going into mania. Hashtag El Fakador is here. I mean, there is that question mark over what are they going to do with Rhea Ripley because Rhea Ripley has been officially called up to the main roster, but there are no plans for her. So maybe now is the time to essentially just scrap the plans you had for Charlotte and Lacey and just do Charlotte Rhea instead. So yeah, Charlotte Mm -hmm. wins the belt this Sunday and then Rhea can win it at Mania. Poor Asuka. James Dobinson. So it's okay for Bliss and Fiend to openly practice Satanism and be the faces in the Randy Orton story. That's a bit messed up. Hey, but being being evil magic's cool. Yeah, like the ministry. The ministry were yeah. baby faces. The crowd were into the ministry. Zachary Jenkins. At times, hey, at, 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 at time, sorry, at times they were baby faces. They were not baby faces doing the black wedding. 
Zachary Jenkins. Hey guys, how was Valentine's Day? Mine was great until Adam Cole super kicked my heart and broke it. Also, trivia question. When do you think Kofi and Miz had their first match together? Answers, 2008. This company had not moved on. Yeah. 13 years of watching those two have matches. 13 years. Crikey. Charles Berg. Hi, I'm back from a break. Naya broke me and I'll never be whole again. I've just returned to remind you that it's a national pancake day. When you find some buttermilk, make sure it's cultured buttermilk. Al Wilson never got dawn pregnant, so it is a bit different. It was in terms of like, so Al Wilson, Tori Wilson's father had a storyline with Dawn Marie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like many, many moons ago. Um, yeah, it is pancake day. Are you having pancakes? Already had pancakes. <gasps> I had uh, I had loads of pancakes with blueberries and maple syrup this morning, and I got really sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? I haven't had any yet, but we're going to have some this evening with some peanut butter. <gasps> Tomo's in the chat. Tomo. 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 Hey, guys. Been a while since I've watched live. Just want to ask how you lads have been recently. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it, to be honest. More importantly, how have you been, Tomo? Yeah, but all the better for seeing you, Tomo. Uh, Mr. Burt Wayne donated. Thank you, but no message. Jesse Venable. Hey, lads. Today hits hard as I'm no longer engaged to be married and oh. single for the first time in six years. I've followed this channel since 2016, and you guys feel like family to me. Tomorrow is my 29th birthday, and I'm pumped for the Quizzlemania. Jam that jam. Oh, mate, Jesse, you can always hang out with us, but a Quizzlemania, it's going to be a grand old time. It's me versus champion Andy. I'm going to get my title back off of him. But Denise Salcedo and former WWE star Melina returns to WrestleTalk. So that'd be fun to have Melina back on. Go over and subscribe to Parts Fun Known there. But yeah, stay strong, Jesse. Jam that jam. Uh, TB1, Lacey's baby becomes 24-7 champion before Elimination Chamber. Yes, that's what yeah. Maria Canellis was going to do. Exactly. So much better, right? Steve Stephen Guzman, happy to see Kofi in the chamber, but it's so weird to think about Kofi has not even attempted to go back to winning the title since he lost it. Wish they did a story about him somewhat coasting after losing the belt, having someone who brings out the best in Kofi. That's a great story, man. I really, really like that. Mm. Criminally Gentle. Saw the news video talking about dream matches. What about Cesaro versus Stu Grayson? Wouldn't that be a match for the ages? Oh, Two criminally nice. underrated guys. Yeah, that'd be very, very nice. I like that a lot. Bacon Rasher. I was thinking what Tony Khan's done bringing wrestling together and thought Mr. Davis did the same with the wrestling community on YouTube. So alike. Also at TakeOver, when Balor was being beat down, I thought, Ms. Cashin. <laughs> Not sure if I kind of like the idea. I think that's a worse idea than me saying Balor versus Shayna at WrestleMania for the record. I hate all other YouTube channels. It's actually Luke who forges the relationships. As <laughs> part of my job is to reach out to everyone and get and start chatting. Devante Lee. Takeover Portland was a year ago. I was there live and it was a great show, but looking back at the videos makes me cringe. Way too many people in the building. Yeah. I had the, I had the same, same thing, man. When I was going back and seeing, like getting some images from like to do the end of year list and seeing people at shows in February, I was like, oh no, get, get far mm. away from each other. What are you doing? Caleb Maldonado. Why not call the Hurt Lock the Glutes during part to his time with Leo Rush? That ass. 
Uh, <laughs> also, in regards to the AEW versus WWE dream match, why not Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Bryan? Good review again, gents, and have a great day. You too, Caleb. Uh, Sammy versus Bryan. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, depends on if they want to do it in Impact or not. And Sammy can just, you know, leave before they actually film it. Um, <laughs> topical. Um, yeah, I, I do like that, though. I, f- I forgot about that gimmick for Bobby Lashley, where it's just, what's your gimmick, Lashley? I, I point at my butt. And Leo says, look at the butt. <laughs> that was on TV for weeks. Yeah. Alan Monzen. Hey guys, this is a non-Raw related question. What are your thoughts on the closing angle of TakeOver on Sunday? I'm personally excited to see O'Reilly versus Cole feud potentially for the NXT title or for Kyle to jumpstart his run to becoming NXT champion. I mean, I did say one of my predictions for 2021 was the split up of the Undisputed Era leading to like team, like, you know, basically the two factions splitting off either side. So I'm all in for it. I'd absolutely, I cannot wait to see it. I loved it. I loved the match. I thought Balor yep. versus Dunn oh, was man. incredible. So uh, and yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I love how much intrigue there is because I feel, you know, if Roddy was there with him, you know, and walked off with Cole, then it's, it's you know, it's, an, it's a really thrilling angle. But the way where everyone was kind of caught by surprise, it felt like an impulse decision on Cole's heart behalf. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I, it's the most excited I've been about NXT. For a long time same here easily since the start of the uh the usa era hmm. uh er good garbage m8 possible conspiracy theory but the fiend has trapped the real alexa bliss inside herself while this lady lady fiend runs wild using her as a vessel that expli- explains why during matches we get blips of the real alexa crying and begging for help hashtag free alexa hashtag jam that is interesting because I thought that part of it was just her doing mind games. Like she would do it just to confuse Nikki Cross uh, or, you know, just confuse whoever she is in the ring with. But yeah, I also quite like the idea that, excuse me, if you are going, you know, going fully supernatural with this, that the real Alexa is trying to get out of this. I, th- I love that story. I, I like that a lot. Uh, Ender Madden. But guys, what happened to the lustful, seducing, erotic, beautiful, alluring, damn right gorgeous eyes of Angel Gaza while he tried to seduce us through the TV? Real talk, though. Bobby consistently looks good on TV for months now. Now, new. <laughs> What's next for him? Uh, probably more of the same until they know what they want to do. Because I haven't a blues clue what you do with him at this point. Keith Lee feud, drops the title to Keith Lee, puts over Keith Lee. I, I think like that's it. that's best for all involved. Alfonso Jones, it's my first ultra chat, chat, chat. Did you guys, did you all catch the spoiler of Kofi getting into the chamber from the video package they played before the Kofi mismatch? I didn't know. I mean, because they no. played like two, like two promotional adverts for the chamber, but it was kind of like showing things from chambers past. So no, I didn't catch that they'd have, uh, that mm. I don't know if they did spoil it. I don't know. Luke Sermon, they have to give it to Rhea, Rhea Ripley. I want to see Rhea versus Asuka. And what would you two like to see? And Adam Cole is the best. What is Strong going to do? I think Strong sides with Adam and Bobby sides with Kyle. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Cole's too abusive. He'll bully Bobby into doing it. But not Bobby, sorry, Roddy. 
yeah, I like the idea of Rhea versus Asuka, obviously. I just don't think it's going to happen. Matthew mm-hmm. Robinson, hey guys, just wanted to give you guys a shout out that you are all amazing and you have made this past year amazing. If you could pick one match to make at WrestleMania, given the current roster and storylines that WWE wouldn't do, what would it be? Mine would be, this is me talking now, Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar with Keith Lee going over. If you could pick one match to make at WrestleMania, oh, with the current day roster, um, yeah, I mean Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar is awesome. Like that, that's really good. But I mean, I've already said what mine is. It's Drew versus Shane. Um, <laughs> <but> I... <laughs> no, dude, I think you've got the best answer there. I love that. I love that so much. Zachary Gigur, what if WWE promotes an open challenge for Asuka at the Chamber and the debuting Taya Valkyrie answers? Of course, she signed over the weekend. They have a 15-20 minute match, making Taya look very strong in defeat. It will be a cool surprise and will boost the Raw Women's Division. Hashtag jam that jam. I like that a lot, Zachary. Just let Taya win it. Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing. If you're going to debut her in that kind of, you know, mold where she's a surprise entrant, yeah, have her win the belt. I think that'd be a really great way to establish her as a top star, uh, you know, on Raw. And it's like Sean was saying on the Fightful show with Denise, like she is a ready-made main roster talent. You don't need to take her through NXT for a, for a couple of years. Like she's literally already made for the main roster. Actually, I think the same for Eli Drake. He's already made for the main yeah. roster. You don't need to spend time, wait, I would say wasting time in, in NXT when you can just go straight to the main roster. And finally, Tim McDonnell, Mustafa Ali is great. Pass it on. He really is. I don't think WWE know that. Gonna have to keep this brief because we went very long uh, in the intro and we've had quite the mare because unfortunately our, our queen moderator, Mod Mother Jenna, is stuck in like snowstorms and stuff and it's affecting her internet. So she was unable to do her usual moderation duties. So about 15 minutes before the show started, we were like, uh oh, we don't have like a head moderator to sort out the hyper chats. So it was, it, so if this felt like it was a bit of a rocky show, that's probably why. Um, has all your snow cleared now? Yep, it's all gone. We've just got rain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, we, that was just pretty miserable. I'm glad that I went outside. I shot some footage outside on uh, last Friday um, for my actually good video. And my wife's like, you have not got time to film this day because you've got so mm-hmm. much other stuff you need to film. And I was like, yeah, but this stove's definitely not going to be here by Monday. And I'm not and I'm not waiting until Monday to get this done on the off chance that it's still here. So I went and I stood out in the snow in my T-shirt so I could get oh. the shot done. And I'm pretty sure it's out of focus. And I'm a little bit annoyed about it. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Editor James to get back to me and be like, I don't think I can use this shot. I had to do it in a rush. I was cold. And I had to do it on my my own. And it's hard to do on your own. Yeah, it is. I was leaving so many like footprints through all the snow that I was walking through. I felt like I was ruining the shot like just by walking back and forth. Well, we, we've got to, we've literally got to go and do the show now. <laughs> I, I didn't want to add anything because that would send us down another tangent. I know. Wanted to leave the dead air as much as possible. Anywho, um, we've got to get out of here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back. Actually, do you know what? We're back tomorrow with Elimination Chamber predictions. And then it's Thursday, the AEW review, uh, Friday with me and Denise, Saturday, the SmackDown review. And then on Monday, Ollie and I will be back to review Elimination Chamber. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.